This episode of The Great Equalizer is sponsored in part by Lingerie Letters, design and knickers delivered monthly to your door. Lingerie Letters brings you underwear shopping that fits in easily with your modern day lifestyle from only 179 Rand a month. This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer is Valentine's Day, getting your panties in a bunch, in a good or bad way. Hey man, hashtag no judges, whatever floats your boat, right? Also, Charlene is making some changes. And Sam is leaving on a jet plane. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit frazzled. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm doing all the things. Still doing all of the I'm things. Still doing all of the things. Uh, but it's good. It's good. As, so long as, you're not, as long as you're not panicked about Valentine's Day. I'm not. No. Okay, that's good. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I am embracing it like I did Christmas. Good. Like I did Halloween. (laughs) But isn't it different when you have a kid? Yeah, it is. It is. Like, imagine you those droll parents who don't get each other anything because you're like, oh, no, Elijah, we did that years and years and years ago. It's just not... We don't do that anymore. Anymore, yeah. No, no, we can't. He must see us loving each other and we must spend some time with him. And so, no. Well, also, if you think about it, at school they do talk about Valentine's Day. They generally get the opportunity to make stuff for their parents and that kind of thing. So it'll be confusing for them if it happens at school but not at home. Yeah. I'm a firm believer, of course, that uh, every day should be Valentine's Day. Absolutely. But that's also why I... Don't generally celebrate it. Mm. I um, get treated like a princess most days. I do too, so I'm lucky. And not sounding smug or no. at the risk of sounding smug, but yeah. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on holidays like this. Mm. So at one point, Ray and I decided no anniversaries, no Christmas gifts, no um, crazy, you know, love tokens you know just every day treat each other with respect and if you see something that the other person might like go for it yeah that's a nice idea I mean um yeah we kind of do the same we'll obviously get each other something little and um a nice little card and just uh, reiterate that we appreciate and love each other and um rate the last few years have taken Josh shopping for something special for mommy for Valentine's Day, and apparently this morning in the car on the drive to the school, the conversation was held. Um, Joshie, what should we get the girls for Valentine's Day this oh. year? And Josh was like, let's get them a dinosaur. <laughs> and Josh's dad was like, I don't think girls like dinosaurs. No. They do, Daddy. They like dinosaurs that roar. So I'm probably going to get a dinosaur. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is fine. It's, <laughs> it's a little spoiled to him. It's a major spoil. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I are you gonna get Josh something? Like, is it just a guys for girls thing in your household? No, no. I generally get something for dad. I haven't in the past gotten something for Josh, but that actually isn't a bad idea, because 
I think it's important for a little boy to know that his mommy will always love him mm. at the risk of molly coddling him. He's always going to be... No one's ever going to love him like I love him. No. Let's just say that. No, exactly. <laughs> and so it begins, Charlene. Well, well, I am making some changes currently, so maybe it might be a welcome change to... Um, get him something for Valentine's Day this year. Okay, but talk to us about those other changes you are making. Well, I just, I've been feeling very tired uh, lately. So I, as much as I have been telling myself, I just don't have time to exercise and all of those other things that you really need to do for your health. I'm thinking that any kind of exercise, even if it's just three days a week where I get a half an hour's worth of exercise in whatever the workout may be whether it's a run or a walk or a jog or a um, training at home with some weights or doing an aerobics video just something to get my heart rate up to help me not be so tired all the time because I'm just feeling tired and okay I do go to bed too late because generally once the kids have gone to bed then I get cracking on work and then I work until like 12 one o'clock in the morning it's not sustainable and I think it's catching up to me now I just feel drained and tired all the time I hear you so I uh went for a jog slash run uh, a jog slash walk yesterday because I'm incredibly unfit and by eight o'clock last night I was broken tired it kicked my ass it kicked my ass so but I didn't wake up feeling so exhausted this morning so it's one day that I've tried and it's already making a difference firstly you were that tired that your brain wasn't like you know running um, 100 kilometers an hour 100 200 kilometers an hour you know it wasn't like going crazy so that you couldn't sleep you were just that buggered Mm. that you slept easily Mm. so um, your brain wasn't going over in overdrive Mm. Um, and then you wake up feeling refreshed because you went to bed early enough and it's odd because Jessie woke up a lot she was awake five times last night which is bizarre I don't know what was up with her. She didn't want to drink. She just just wanted to be held. So maybe it's a little bit of separation anxiety, a bit of a sleep regression. And despite the constant interruptions of my sleep, I um, still felt better this morning when I woke up. Maybe it's all in my mind. I don't Mm. know. So yeah, I'm trying trying to make those little changes to see if that makes a difference in my life and if I can then manage my schedule better so that I don't feel so overwhelmed. Good luck with that. Thanks. You're flying off away. I am flying off. I'm leaving this weekend for my work getaway. <laughs> I'm going on a work holiday. <laughs> what? Who does that? Um, I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a good thing. I, there are a couple of days that I don't have any meetings scheduled. And um, yeah, I'm going to go see some theater and take a run by the beach and just be me. And I know I'm going to be sitting... Um, in my Airbnb and not know what the hell to do with myself. Have you ever been away this long from Elijah? No. <laughs> I've been away from him for two nights and that's a, and that was over a weekend. Mm-hmm. It'll be the first time somebody else is managing the school run for three days from Monday to Wednesday. Do you feel anxious about that? A little bit, but I know Ray can manage it. I know every, everything will be fine. I just, I, I think I won't be fine. But, you know, I think it's a good um, lesson to learn and a good sort of learning curve. And um, when I get back, I'm going to love my guys, both of them, no, so of course. much. I'm going to have missed them. I'm going to be so proud of them for 
charging through this without me and I'm really hoping, hence head nudge nudge. That, that they battle. <laughs> they sort of battle and that at little. the end of it, Ray goes, I understand. I get it. Do you think that's going to happen? Um, maybe not to that degree. <laughs> he, he, might, he might say that we missed you and we battled a bit with this and a battled a bit with that, but... <laughs> don't don't be a case of take this child. I can't. You know deal. what? I think it's also um, a bit. It's a good exercise for you to realize that you don't need to be such a control freak. I, I've learned that the hard way. Mm. Sad as it may be, life carries on without you. It might not continue in the way that you manage that particular ship. But the ship's still going to sail. I hate that, though. I, I want that the ship to be run My as way. tight as I would have done it. Mm. No, it's not going it, to... Things are still going to function and it'll still work, but it won't, be, it won't work in your way, in your manner that you're used to doing it, which is also fine because it will give you the confidence to step away from steering that ship more often. I suppose so, and it just takes the pressure off. I think I'd, it's a big thing that I need to learn to do, and uh, as with most women, mm. just let go of that control. Mm. Mm. Anyways, this is the month of love. Nice. Charlene. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, we are revisiting the topic of maintenance night, mainly because, first of all, we had um, – Quite, it, it's still, I think, one of our most popular episodes to date. Yes. And I just think it's a topic that hits home for a lot of people. And I think there is a lot that we could still hash out about the topic. And in our last episode, for those who haven't um, heard it or listened, we did talk about our own experiences um, in the bedroom to a degree and also we speculated about some what might be, what might not be and we suggested a maintenance night. Which is, um, take us back to that. So basically what Sam was introducing to me at that point as well (laughs) is just you're you're doing maintenance with your sex life. So if you have... uh, had sex, uh, and a week from today, uh, you, or f- a week from the day that you last had sex, you still haven't had sex again, then you just do the deed. Do the deed to maintain that intimacy. It's just, you don't have to think about it, don't, you don't have to particularly get too sexy and romantic, it's just get intimate with your partner so that you can reestablish that connection. Yeah, and the thing is, it is a bit of a chore, it is a, like, a note on your to-do list that you have to get done within the week. Um, and it starts off as a chore, but the idea is that it will eventually be yes. super enjoyable. So Because I've then it a becomes a fun little game and yeah. whatever. Oh, so I've got a bit of a, a surprise for you. I, I um, have a throwback to our last episode. <laughs> and I thought I'd put this in because um, I didn't tell you at the time, but I'm a huge prude and this stuff makes me super uncomfortable. And you can hear it <laughs> in my reaction, okay, which is hilarious. Let's hear it. <laughs> the reason why I, I want to share this is because I just think that try it, trust me, it is so nice. 
like you won't regret it once you get into the swing yeah. of things because it just it awakens <laughs> that part of you again that you had forgotten it was it's locked up down there in the bottom of your wherever you're hiding it and you you owe it to yourself to still feel sexy and desirable and and have a freaking orgasm and just lie there out of breath and think to yourself, man, that felt good. Yes. Because <laughs> <I'm embarrassed. laughs> nervous laugh. Feel that great anymore. Everything is work. Everything is work. You're tired. You love your kids. You love them to death, and the, and they are rewarding in their own right. But good, fucking hell, are they difficult? Yeah. It, it, it's 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 a chore. Most things that you're doing these days as a mom. Yeah, trying to juggle everything. Not even just my. For me, it's not Elijah. It's he's fine. I can deal with just him. For me right now, it's it's work. It's work and juggling all so of I've those to, responsibilities. I've got to set that all aside and just be so do it for you. Like, yeah. Be selfish. Yeah. You owe yourself an orgasm, girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. there you have it. You owe yourself an orgasm. <laughs> oh, I wanted to crawl out of my skin. I just. I was like, thanks, Charlene. Should we be talking about my orgasms? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just, we will obviously go into some personal details. I think it's only natural. It's the, yeah. And also, uh, from our last, of the beast. yes, from our last episode, I mean, we're obviously not sex experts. We're only talking about our personal experiences. And subsequent to that episode airing, there have been uh, women that have reached out to us um, genuinely needing advice and genuinely um, opening up about what they're battling with. And we realize that, uh, I mean, we know that it's a hot topic for us and it is something that will always stay top of mind. There's a lot to talk about. But in the last episode, we mentioned that there are sex experts that can comment about these types of things. And so we found one. Yes. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Today we are chatting to Tracy Zeman Jacobs, aka Totally Me Tracy, a qualified social worker and intimacy coach who is passionate about assisting couples and individuals who want to transcend another level of intimacy within their relationships. Tracy graduated in 1996 with a BA in social sciences, after which she attended Family Life Center, where she was later employed as an occupational social worker. Tracy is now a practicing intimacy coach in Bryanston, and she is on the line. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm looking very forward to being here today. Oh, we are super stoked ourselves. I'm telling you, I um, we are a bit lost. <laughs> yeah, we're just <laughs> we're just so grateful that we can speak to someone that knows knows what they're talking about because obviously we're just fumbling around in the dark ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and and sometimes not in the best way. Hey? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the truth is, I think we all fumble around in the dark a lot. So. Let's hope we can help each other. So, Tracy, um, one thing I didn't prepare you for is just to introduce your family life a bit more to us. And and so I'd love for you to let us know who lives in your house. 
So um, I'm a single mom, got divorced uh, eight years ago, and I have three beautiful children, who, two of which live with me. One is currently starting university, which is very, very exciting. Um, so she's 19 and she's my eldest, and it's very exciting. Um, then my next, Kayla, is uh, she's maybe 17, oh my gosh, in a few days' time. And she's from grade 11. Um, also, she lives with me and fantastic. And then my boy, uh, Josh, is turn, he's 13 and he's going to be having his permits for um, two weeks' time. So the house oh, is very, very, thank you. On all accounts, very, very you've got thank you. Yeah. Two lovely grown-up ladies and a, and a almost man. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he is a man. Sure. <laughs> and uh, so we're very busy at the moment. The house is all about the bombardment, and um, so life is quite frenetic. Damn, but I thought once Elijah became a teenager, I could kind of kick back a little bit. <laughs> Surprise. No, in, no. Fact, <laughs> in fact, I'll just tell you something very funny. I was at Seattle the other morning getting my coffee, and this guy walked in. He was very cute, I have to tell you, with this very, very gorgeous little girl. And she must have been about three or four. And he was like loving the fact that I was finding her quite cute and kept looking at me. Like, uh, anyway, so I tried so hard not to chirp, so I said to him, so delicious they are when they're young. You really wish you could eat them. And I promise you when they're older, you really wish you would have. <laughs> you like joke and I said, and if you want some other free advice, I'll give it to you for that, really. As soon as you, they start closing the door, <laughs> and I went on to a whole lot of other advice, which I'll give you if you want it. But he, uh, he did find that was quite funny. Oh, there's some, uh, a little bit of a tidbit from me. Okay, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he didn't know that you were a professional advice giver. He should have paid you for your time. <laughs> but I really, really meant that. Like eat her. He's very eat her now. Yeah, because you might regret that you didn't. <laughs> okay, so I'll finish the story. When she starts to close the door, then we've got to start. You and your wife invest in a good psychologist, some good antidepressants. <laughs> uh, Beautiful selection of wines, um, maybe some of that legal stuff that's now on the market. <laughs> legal and, now, uh, so. Yeah, like just chill out because, you know, that's when the tough times start. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> what, anyway, so so that's what we have I'm to look forward to. Yeah. And I'm allowed to tell the tale, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, Tracy, I'm getting straight into our, our little helpline that we've got going here. Um, we yes. just spoke about our initial maintenance night episode and we're heading on to maintenance night 2.0. Um, but that's really yes. all we have to go on is this concept of making sure that you get the deed done once a week at the very least. Just to stay connected for you and your partner to stay connected, especially post kids. Um However, I mean, it's just sometimes that's also not enough. It becomes a chore, you know, and the idea is that you learn to um, enjoy it and get better at it. But we were hoping that you have one miracle tip to keep the flame and the passion alive in the bedroom post kids other than once a week, make sure you get it done. <laughs> so it's a little bit like putting the cart before the horse. Mm. Um, and it's like you really need to... Um, if it's such a chore, 
it's a real problem, mm. you know. And if if you've got to be doing it once a week, look, doing it once a week for the kind of for the sake of doing it once a week, it's it's okay because the more you do it, the more you want it. Exactly. Um, but I want, but I want to go back to my miracle tip. Is really not so much a miracle tip. It's more like I believe that the the way you start off your marriage is it is the way it will continue throughout. In other words, if a marriage starts off with a lot of regular sex and passion, then that rhythm will continue regardless of the pitfalls and the challenges that marriage will face during its lifetime. Mm. But if the sex is lethargic to begin with, that's the way it will continue. And then the couple will need to be conscious of the effort they will make in this area of their relationship continuously. You know, not all marriages will start off strong in all areas. You know, they may be great friends and the sex isn't so good, but intellectually, yeah. or they, the sex is great, but yet uh, they don't intellectually so much connect or whatever it is. But the sex, if it's not so great, if something needs to be worked on from the beginning, it cannot be picked up on after the babies come. Because it, it's, it's kind of like you're really fighting a lost battle already. What, if it, if what happens a, if it's intentional? Mm. If you realize, shit, we didn't start off on the best footing, and now post kids, it's even more difficult to get going. And you, you love each other, you want to stay together, you realize, is it really a lost cause? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that. Oops. After baby yeah. um, number one, ooh, eight weeks later, you don't kind of realize later, it. Ooh, um, you know, we can start off like that. Unless you've got a therapist mm. straight away, those kind of realizations usually happen a little bit after. Or one of you is absolutely conscious mm. that the sex wasn't really great from the beginning. Mm. And then... You see, that kind of idea perpetuates throughout the marriage for whatever reason. Let's say he has a low libido. Let's say he is not very well, God forbid, and you marry someone who isn't well. Mm. Or let's say he has a past trauma around his sexuality. The same goes for her. Let's say she has a past trauma around sexuality. Let's say she has no libido or is on antidepressants and is battling with libido. Or whatever reason reason that that might have been the start of the marriage in the beginning. But if the sexual freedom and uh, abandon and, um, you know, this passion that they can find a couple that fight passionately and love passionately, um, that kind of, if they don't kill each other, yeah. <laughs> they, they will carry on with that passion throughout the marriage, even when pitfalls come and, you know, that kind of thing. They will continue through, through, through the life with that. Yeah. So am I understanding you, what, what I'm taking from what you're telling us, and this is very insightful, I'm so appreciative for your, your point of view, because... I did not consider that at all when um, when I started thinking about this. And it's great because, I mean, you as a person, you only have your own frame of reference. So it's wonderful Correct. that you're playing devil's advocate and explaining to us that there are so many assumptions that you need to make or, or factors to consider when it comes to your, your sex life post-kids. And so Absolutely. if I think of my own situation um, – I've always considered our uh, intimacy levels uh, or mm. our 
bedroom shenanigans or our sex life, call a spade a shovel, <laughs> as mm-hmm. uh, as quite healthy. Myself and my husband, we've all we always sometimes we were exper- experimental. Um, we uh, had a lot of sex. We went through stages where it was multiple times a day and sometimes it was less but sometimes we did more crazy things and so we've always been comfortable and experimental and I I listening to what you're saying we didn't battle post kids to get back into it and what did you battle with Charlene well I did battle with feeling sexy and um like I didn't feel like coming on to him would be the best idea because I wasn't so sure if he would still be as open to if he was buying what you were selling all of those things that I had done but what I did do was I discussed it with him because right. we've always had an open relationship so when something rather than being in my head all the time because this is just my perception I kept on mm-hmm. thinking like oh what if he doesn't feel like this what if he doesn't feel like that what if I just ask him outright and he tells me because I could then say to him listen I also miss having sex and there's a lot going on so forgive me it's not because I don't desire you or want to be intimate with you but these are my thoughts and I'm a little bit apprehensive because of x y and z and luckily but Charlene you don't need me on the show <laughs> no, Charlene can because, be our sex expert <laughs> because you just answered question number two <laughs> and question number three <laughs> to be honest. Well, but let's let's go into that because there are um so from a dad's perspective, a dad could always play second fiddle. Was that that's a thing? Was that Rhett's And that was Rhett's response and that's why this question is here. Okay, what was Rhett's response? So Rhett was saying, well, first of all, he reassured me and to tell me mm. that no matter how my looks or physical appearance might change, he will mm. always be attracted to me physically because of who I am and how I make him feel. So, and he said it to me, you must remember your body might have changed, but it changed Mm. because you gave life to one of our children. Mm. And that makes me love you more Mm. and want to be intimate with you more. So even though, even though my attraction is a little bit different now, it's not like I'm so hot for you. I just got to have you. It is. Let's say your physical appearance is a bit different. Yes, it's it's coming yeah. from a point of I want to be intimate with you because I, I mean I've always made love with you, but sometimes we've just had hot sex, <laughs> and yeah. so maybe to begin to reintroduce uh, being intimate with one another, we don't go for the hard banging, but more the love making, love making kind uh-huh. of, and we'll get we'll get to the hard banging again <laughs> at some point. So yeah. so question number two then to just address that for our listeners, um, uh. what he what he also opened up to me about was he did find it a little bit difficult to and he he said he felt embarrassed because he was feeling selfish you're still my wife I still Mm. want you and I realize now that your attention is just you're a mom and it's not that you don't love me anymore but you Mm. just have to focus on these kids I am not your number one priority anymore essentially so how how Tracy do it does a man realign that expectation so, I mean, a conversation before the baby is born mm. is the best idea. Mm. And in fact, at one stage in my life, I embarked on a, a venture with a friend of mine. Uh, we called it First Timers. We held a support group for mothers in their third trimester. 
um, both of us having had two babies each prior to this, and having known what happens to your body, to your relationship, to all your relationships. And we used to give these courses um, just on the emotional and the, the practical side of bringing home a baby for the first time. And we, we said it's absolutely vital, and I'll stress this again, to have conversations with your husband or your partners before the baby arrives. So things like not only sex, but finances. Mm. How are you going to bring up this child together? Your roles, mm. your discipline roles. Your, your, how we, do we agree? Do we disagree? Um, how are we going to school this baby? Do we have the same morals, our religion? Um, then sex. Listen, things are going to change. Mm. Uh, hubby's going to have to be working harder, possibly. Mom is going to, her attention is going to be divided. Um, in the first six to six weeks, there's no intercourse at all. She's just recovering from her birth. Mm. And if she's breastfeeding, her breasts are tender. Um, on arousal, she will leak breast milk. That is also quite embarrassing and uh, a little bit, um, should I say, messy yeah. in the bedroom sometimes. Um, if, she, if it's her first time and she doesn't know what's going on to her breast, you know, it might be a bit of a freak out for both of them. But they need to be informed about these things. The body's going to change. He needs to look out for signs of depression in his wife. Absolutely. We can't only concentrate on the sex. And the physical There's so medium. much going on in the first few weeks and months so uh, in a new baby. And it, but the conversation has to happen before the baby's born. That is good, that's a good point because I don't think that as people talk to you when you're pregnant and they're like, oh, you're going you're gonna to miss your sleep, sleep when the baby sleeps. And people talk to you about all of those things, but no one talks to you about how your intimacy and not just sex, how being intimate with your husband. Because Correct. Let's be honest, and I'm sure you can give us more advice on this, Tracy. There are other ways for a dad then to approach his wife to be intimate with her. Which, of course. Because my point of view is always... Always, my mind, I'm not ready to go 24-7. As a girl, I'm yeah. not ready to go. A guy is probably ready to go 24-7. So you're going to have to help me get into that mode if you want me to put out. I'm not saying work hard all the time, but just help me get there. <laughs> put my mind of into, the, into when that a man space. Want, this is just, sorry, if I can just clarify what Charlene was saying about her husband and what he was saying to her. When I, I'm just going to be as blunt as I can. If go, I'm for not blunt. go for it. When a man wants sex, he wants sex. Mm -hmm. And when he wants it, he's going to want to take it. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I'm not going to say this in a... Just mind what I have to say as well as not being too flippant, but it's not like he could just put over a, a pillow over your head and just take you and it doesn't matter who you are. Exactly. But the fact that he still wants you, the fact that he's still aroused by you, you he just wants to make love to you. He just wants sex as well. Mm -hmm. You know, don't make such a... He doesn't see you the same way as you see him. He loves you. you he's there. He, mm -hmm. he wants to be intimate with you, which means he loves you. He's permitted. He wouldn't be there if he wasn't. That's such you a know. good point, Tracy, because Rhett actually said to me, and I, I quote verbatim, 
Honey, mm. my expectations are not that high. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you're wearing a sexy negligee. I don't care. In fact, you, you just have to drop, drop the towel and I'm ready it. to go. He doesn't want to take you. Yes. He doesn't want to take you there and then. He doesn't care if there's flabby skin, grabby boobs. He just wants to take you there and then. Do you understand? It's a, it's a primal need. Exactly. And I'm, that's it. And you're making such a head thing about this whole thing. We're in our heads Just give all him the what time. He yes. That's what came out the you last know, episode and, is get out of your head. Get out of yeah, your and, head. Okay, I'm not saying, you know, you've got to have sex within two weeks or ten days after you've given birth. No, six weeks. Mm-hmm. When you're ready, when your body's feeling healed... And obviously, you don't let him just take you. But it's got to be slow. It's mm. got to be careful. It's got to be intimate. The intention. But after that, you know, we've got to start looking at these men as men. As men. Mm. And what's wrong when you're feeling better? You've just fed the baby. And you have a quickie after you've just fed the baby. Mm. A quickie. What's a quickie? You don't need to get into your space. Exactly. It's how much of your on. time does it take, actually? Okay. Really, stick on some lube. If you're not all that uh, um, aroused, stick on some lube. Exactly. On, That's what that make him happy. Get on with your day. Mm. You might even enjoy it as well. I promise you, you will. You will eventually. Definitely. If not that time, then the next three times, you'll eventually get into it. I'm mm. sure. The more that you do it, the more you want to do it. But okay, Tracy, I've got, a, I've got a caller. Um, someone who called in with a comment and a question and it's just we know now what to do with the men and we know that communication is key that's what dealt with um, our second question is just from a dad's perspective these are his expectations etc however it's just it is difficult to get moms there considering everything I find it very, very uncomfortable to have sex the first time. It actually feels like I'm a virgin all over again, if I have no idea why. And then maybe by the third time, it's a bit better. Um, I know that's maybe an overshare, but I don't understand why that happens every time. And having two kids, I swear, disturbs your libido so bad because I'm exhausted. Um, I don't have much of a libido and I wish, I mean, I was usually like a rabbit. Um, <laughs> my husband used to actually say that he would have the headache because I would want to have sex more <laughs> often than him. But now I've got two kids, I just can't. I'm exhausted. Um, what can I do to help get my libido back? Um, because I, 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 just, I just don't have the energy and I don't know why. Shame. I, that's uh, like it's veiled in in comedy, but it is a call for help. You yeah, know? you can hear she's mm. she's battling with it, and she obviously misses that old self that was ready to go like a little bunny all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. I mean, Tracy, you do get to this point as a mom and as a woman that you're doing, and I try my best not to fall into the martyr trap. It's very difficult, but I just cook and I clean and I go shopping and I work mm. at the same time, a full-time job. And then I, um, you know, am setting everything right for the next day and prepping everything. And then at the end of the fucking day, you want sex from me. Are you <laughs> joking? <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of women fall into that trap. And okay, the caller in question as well was also just desperate. Like, um, what? like I'm exhausted. What else? I don't actually care. 
Okay, so the first uh, issue, let's take the painful sex, for mm-hmm. example. First, um, I had a client who, after her first baby, yeah, she had um, an episiotomy mm-hmm. where they snipped the baby mm-hmm. out, you know, they cut the vagina, yeah. and to let the baby out. And she experienced very, very painful sex afterwards. And that, um, that's actually called vaginomastia. Vagin- I keep... Not vaginismus. It's Wait, actually vaginismus yeah. or vaginomatis. Okay. Um, vaginomatis, vaginismus, yeah. Um, I had another client also who was raped with a broken beer bottle. A beer, beer, broken beer bottle. Both, the one more traumatic, well, mm. actually childbirth can be just as traumatic, but both very traumatic for yeah. the vagina and, and more emotionally, yeah. Yeah. emotionally, uh, psychologically very, very uh, traumatic. So on the one hand, the, the client who got raped absolutely, uh, for sure this condition is there and this trauma and et cetera. But even for a woman who has had an episiotomy or there's been some kind of um, damage to the vagina during birth will definitely cause a psychological uh, impact on uh, receiving a, a penis mm. or soon after uh, giving birth or even after. And this might even continue for quite a long time after having children if it's not seen to mm. because it's, it's quite a psychological issue as well it's a, it's a fear of I experiencing pain and she said it is so your natural instinct uh, is if it hurts then stop or like you shouldn't push yourself if it's hurting so obviously yeah. psych- shut it down and protect psych- yourself yeah psychologically well, it will the vagina shuts down mm-hmm. there's no lubrication and it will not allow any penetration and if there is penetration it's sore mm-hmm. so um that needs a lot of assistance where I come in as well, and um, just as clients there. A lot has to do with one's own sexuality um, to begin with, but it, it all comes down to our own sexuality. Okay, so then there's another issue, and then we'll get to the last issue, and I'll get, try and get through them as quickly as possible. The second issue that I'm going to touch on, even though it's going to touch on nerves, is that women, for some reason, do not feel that they're entitled to pleasure. They, I'm so glad yes, you said that. Yes, yes. Ooh, I'm yes. so glad you I mean, said that. I just, I just <laughs> okay. played, I should have played it for you, but I played a throwback to our episode where I, Charlene says, you deserve that orgasm, girl. And I went, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was so awkward. Yeah. And I'm just like, should, no, can we just not go there? Like, <laughs> I'm a prude of notes. <laughs> I can't even watch you Game know, of Thrones. <laughs> I just... <laughs> it was quite racy, I must say. <laughs> I just... I, uh, I 100% agree with you. Do you deserve this? We you know? don't allow ourselves to receive pleasure or feel pleasure from our youngest ages where mom, dad, church leader, teacher, whatever it was, walked in on us self-pleasuring, but not for the sake of self-pleasuring, for the sake of pacifying ourselves, pacification like a dummy or a duty mm. blanket. 
exploration. It's uh, you know, it's not exploring. Even, there was no sexual connotation to our masturbation as young young babies, as eighteen months, three years, two years. Yeah. No sexual connotation. It's just a simple pacifier. Mm-hmm. It made us feel good, like a doctor to sleep or whatever it was. The minute somebody caught us, we felt guilt and shame, never to feel that kind of connection to self again. Finished. That, somebody. That is so, so And if it insightful. wasn't at 18 months, two years, three years, it happened at 16 when somebody caught you in the act of masturbating or mm. 18 or something, something happened to you to make you feel shameful about your connection to yourself. Mm. your sexuality mm. and from there on we deny ourselves the pleasure and that's why when we become mothers and wives we throw ourselves into this role relentlessly we do it until we are exhausted mm. okay we are martyrs mm. what men don't do that they come home from work and they they chill out mm. they peace out mm. <clears throat> you know we don't we go 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 because because we don't want to have pleasure. We don't want to go into that intimate space with, with our partners because it means that we'll have to actually tap into that. So I'm thinking... So we push ourselves to the limit and then we don't fall. Don't come near me. Mm. Then there are other reasons why we tell him not to come near me. Oh, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, that, that which we can get into in another place. It's also but a change of now, perspective, isn't it, Tracy? Like, mm. um, it's not I'm having sex for you and i think my husband is also very good to remind me that i i will take on that martyr role and be like well i'm i'm putting out and it's just like well did i not do anything for you yeah and and i'm gonna be like shane of of course and Mm. and you do have to kind of change your perspective and this is a partnership and we are two people that love each other and here we are showing mm. our love and sharing in pleasure. And it is not always the woman who is serving the, the man. man. And it's let's that, stop yes. with that mindset. Let's serve mm. each other. Mm. And I was just listening to this, uh, the, the listener's comment, or the caller's comment. And when you brought that up about um, we get this idea that we don't deserve pleasure um i hear Mm. she is really tired all the time and i can relate Mm. because i went through that as well and i sometimes still go through that but what i remind she pushing herself exactly so what i remind myself is yes i am tired but i actually wouldn't mind just lying here a bit and getting pleasured so because it's not work so and my husband is quite comfortably would quite comfortably if i were to say to him sorry sam i know you're a prude but i'm telling you this now (laughs) i'm looking at the look on sam's face and she's like my i'll happily i'll happily say to my husband listen honey i am excuse the terms i'm a horny as all hell so i'm also tired do you want to get with it, please? Because <laughs> I need you to work tonight. I'm just going to lay here and it's your effort tonight. You know, Thanks. they do. They do. They get a hand job. They get a blow job when we're mm. too tired. And I promise you, I've heard from a lot of men, they'd rather have a blow job than actual co- uh, intercourse. intercourse. 
And if a woman's okay with that, how many women, I promise you, half the women, if they're okay with giving blowjobs, which they're not, by the way, um, they would pro- much prefer giving a blowjob than having sex. But if you think about it, it takes just as much time. And I promise you, if you just do it, you'll enjoy it too. Exactly. You'll, you'll, you'll actually have an orgasm. I mean, seriously. And you feel so much better afterwards because the, the, the chemicals that the body releases when exactly. orgasm. You're putting off something that's so delicious and so good for you. Um, you're just putting it off just to give him a blowjob or a handjob. Or really, climb on and get involved and participate. And it, it, it will be just as good for you as it will be for him. So, yes, you are tired. But it, it's going to take 10 or 15, 20 minutes yeah, max out of your life. Of course. And afterwards, you can plot into a, a floppy state and just sleep. <laughs> yeah, and you'll sleep better for And you'll it. have such a good night's yeah. rest. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And you'll be closer and you won't be snapping at each other n- the next day. You were snapping. You were kind of grumpy with each other. But you have sex and the next day that's all dissipated. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're... You feel a little yeah. bit better towards each other. Sex is like a, a palate cleanser. Exactly. Not to <laughs> say that if there are really burning issues, you must ignore them because no, you've no, had no, sex. No, 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 but no, no. But like the silly <laughs> things. The silly uh, things. You don't need me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're brilliant. You're brilliant. No, I could hear the apprehension. <laughs> I could hear the apprehension in your voice when you she answered that. So yeah. I assumed that as, as an expert and a, a counselor or a therapist, you can't really give that kind of advice because that means you have to like bury other underlying issues. But no, yes. I don't mean the big things i really mean the geez could you not brush your teeth so loud <laughs> yes like you irritate i'm irritated yeah. with you because i'm stressed and anxious mm. in the rest of my life and he's irritated with me for leaving my makeup out or whatever the case might be have sex he's not going to care about my makeup being out the next day and i'm not going to mind about his <laughs> loud toothbrushing the next day <laughs> yeah well it's kind of like when you have your kids you know pick your fight yes <laughs> Exactly. You know, like what is really important. Yeah, exactly. So if you leave your makeup and then he leaves the toothcap uh, off or, you know, pick your fight. Mm. Come on, what's really important in this relationship? Tracy, before we close off, I've got one more caller um, who, yes. who kind of, it sounds like she um, sees the, the more fun side in being more risque uh, with trying to find the right moment to have kids, uh, to have sex yes. when you, when have, you kids. have kids. Sex? Do you have sex after children? I never knew that's possible. (laughs) Okay. Um, No, I'm only joking. (laughs) But all right. No, um, I've got a few things in mind that I can talk about. But yeah, that's probably one of the most ones that you'll actually use. Um, There's no time or you're tired or whatever. But yeah, um, sex after children is a bit more difficult, risky. I don't know what you want to call it. Sometimes more exciting since children have been there, especially when your oldest one is turning seven, then it's a bit more dicey. And um, especially when he's actually using your, well, to sleep in your bedroom still, <laughs> it's even more of a risk. But okay, well, that's one of those things, I guess. But now the other thing is to not fall pregnant again after having your second child. And hubby refuses to have himself fixed. And I refuse to have it, so now we're like, okay, well, then there's no sex until one of us I get sorted. <laughs> <laughs> at a crossroads, I call this one. Oh, You're yeah. at a crossroads. So we're not going to comment on um, contraceptives and, and all of that. I think that is for another day. But I do want yeah. to touch base with you on 
The kids sleeping in the bed. The kids sleep. We we had this burning question during our um, last maintenance night episode. Is parents who co-sleep. Because a lot of moms who breastfeed, they co-sleep still until baby's two years old or even older. And so it's a very difficult transition to get the kid back into their own room. Because also moms have that guilt. They feel guilty. Like now I'm kicking my kid out of my bed because... Yeah. You want to have sex. I want to have yeah. sex. That's There's selfish that, that kind of thing. Again, I don't deserve pleasure. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, well, yeah. what is your take, Tracy? Well, there we go. Um, the child in, in the bedroom, as, as far as I'm concerned, is the excuse for not having sex. I know, I've heard so that a lot. couples in trouble will keep the child in the room as an excuse. Probably though it's not it's not the not rule because a lot of co-sleepers that I know have multiple mm. kids and I don't know where they keep doing it. So in my mind, <laughs> I want to... Until what age? Until seven? Well, no, who knows? It, it depends on the family. It's all different, you know. And it does depend on the family, but, you know, I think there's co-sleeping and then there's co-sleeping. You know, at some point, the child needs to learn to be okay in his own space mm. and he needs to feel safe in his own space. And maybe the parents aren't allowing him to feel space, uh, safe in his own space because maybe their intimacy is not so good, so they're mm. keeping him in the bedroom. Mm. You know, that's the one issue. Um, the other issue is that there are places to... Firstly, to get a, a key to a room is not such a great idea, but it's, it's okay. Um, the other thing, you can definitely set limits with children and say, Mommy and Daddy are going to have adult time now, but when the door is closed, it means that Daddy and I are having adult time. And if you don't respect that, I'm going to have to lock the door. But we are having adult time. So you can have a bath together, you can have a shower together. You say, we are having adult time from 11 or whatever, mm. 9 or 8 till 9. Mm. Do not interrupt. Mm. And if you, you know, if you do, we have to lock the door. And it can be a bathroom door, a bedroom door, a kitchen door, a lounge door, whatever it is, wherever that space is for intimacy. And it can be once a week. It can be twice a week. It can be every night. We are having adult time. And adult time means no children present. Mm. And I think it, it, it harks back to that quote that the greatest thing a man can do for his children, vice versa, obviously, the greatest thing a man can do for his children is to love their mother. If a child sees that intimacy and that um, united front in the parents, it can only be a good thing. So that's whatever yeah. way our listeners want to do it, whether it is locking yourself up and having that adult time or making sure that your child um, is comfortable sleeping in his or her own bed or um, getting wild and crazy while your kids are sleeping in your bed and finding the stovetop or the, um, the else, kitchen the table. It yeah. could actually yeah. be a little bit more risque and it could actually spice things up, mm. would you say? I yeah, like- but there's nothing worse. I, remember, I never remember, I'll never forget a client who once told me that um, mid-six, their seven-year-old child was standing there like, they oh look around and there this child had walked into the room and then, I mean, there's so many of these stories, mm, mm. but you, we've got to be able to avoid these things from yeah. happening because they can really, really dampen uh, a couple of sex drives when they're afraid because the children are going to walk in, mm. but there is nothing wrong with setting boundaries. Kids, we're having adult time, close the door and go and have a quickie. 
I was you just... Know, there's nothing wrong with her. And then you walk out and he's got his hand around her and like giving each other a little squeeze, a little quick, a mm. little kiss. And yeah, that's the way you show mm. a love and affection in front of your children and you keep connection going. And the more she... So, so if I may just finish off as well, what I feel is very important for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and for both callers um, who, who had this issue, you know, often we as mothers lose touch with who we are as, in our femininity and it's very hard to get back into the body that we once had, especially, you know, if we've had more than one children. Mm. Um, and also the older we get, we realize that really the sagging skin and whatnot is never going to get back to the way it was. Mm. So loving oneself is really the most important journey in all of us. And um, it's a process where women have to take time out for themselves to get to know themselves as sexual human beings. Mm. And um, this is part of exploring one's own body, one's sexuality, time alone, um, in the privacy of your own home or with your husband in a safe space where you can just explore the the beauties of your woman, your womanhood, mm. whether your breasts are sagging, your stomach's loose, whatever's happening, mm. you're a beautiful woman and he's with you because he wants to be with you. Mm. So you are really responsible as a woman. He has no problem unless he's not well or he's tired and stressed or depressed, but he has no problem wanting you. You mm. need to work on yourself as a sexual being, desiring yourself, desiring him, um, and desiring your, you know, working on your own libido. Mm. Read erotica. Mm. Have steamy baths where you use oils and you get to know your body. Use um, massage oils. Give yourself a massage. You know, make your lovemaking slow and intimate with candles and music and, and beautiful um, aphrodisiac foods and really get to get in touch with yourself as a woman. That's your responsibility. Mm. Understand post-birth, this is your responsibility to him. Mm. And to yourself. I think think also to yourself because that point that you made about us being deserving of pleasure, um, if you... If, like you said, if you have a mental shift, Sam, because if you think about, you know, I've cooked, I've cleaned, I've done all of this, and now you expect sex. If you change the way you're thinking and you're like, I've now had this, I've had this whole sex. day and now I get to put that behind me and now I'm going to be here in this moment and I get to have a lack of time. Yeah. This is the well, one thing. Just take time I'm, in your day to outsource for that as well. Not so, you're not a martyr, you don't have yes. to do everything in one day. Yes. You can outsource, you can ask for help, you can put, you can prioritize, you don't have to be the perfect mother, the perfect wife, mm. the perfect woman. Just, you know, concentrate on being yourself and being the best that you can be and then loving yourself for the best that you can be so that you can be available for him and for, for yourself. Mm. I like that because we, before we go, I just want to say, because we always talk about being the best version of yourself yeah. so that you can be a better mother and a better wife yeah. is if you look after yourself first. Yeah, Tracy, that um, was so insightful. I wish we, we could probably sit talk, talk hours about this. <laughs> the whole afternoon away, but you're a busy woman. You've got clients and... Um, the bar mitzvah. The bar mitzvah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Um, but I, this is the first time, but I'm, I'm hoping it's not the last time. I think we, this is a conversation that we need to keep open and honest. Mm. And we got to get prudes like myself out there <laughs> and <laughs> getting over ourselves and being open to being pleasured. So thank you very much for, for being on our radars and for, and for chatting to us. We so, so appreciate it. It's a pleasure. And I'd actually like to offer everybody who's listening um, a free consultation, first free consultation. Awesome. Um, at my offices in Bryanston. And from there, whoever would like to take up on the offer, please just contact me on my website. Yes, so we, we are going to put everybody in touch with all of Fantastic. your details, um, uh, your website, your email address, and make sure that all of our listeners have access That's to That's so you. amazing. Thank you for doing that, Tracy. We really yeah. appreciate it. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much, Tracy. It's working. It's next 2019 great. Yay. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep well, Tracy. Thanks, ladies, for having Thank me you. on the show. It's been great to chatting to you. It's been amazing. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Charlene, you put me onto this week's sponsor, Lingerie Letters. It was actually pure fluke because um, another friend of mine told me about it. So, um, uh, basically, how it works, just for our listeners, is um, you can sign up um, for 179 rand a month um, to receive a surprise lingerie package via mail. It comes wrapped beautifully in a, a, a box. Um, packaged with beautiful tissue paper and every month you receive a surprise garment um, of the lingerie variety. (laughs) (laughs) And of your choice. You can have like a surprise me or you prefer thongs or you prefer full briefs or whatnot. Exactly. Um, And, you know, pick or choose and obviously tell them your size. But what I love about it is that it's garments handmade in Cape Town. Yes. You know how much I love my local suppliers. And the nice thing about it also is it's you don't really know what color you're going to get and whether it's going to be lacy or plain. And there's always, um, it's not always the same thing. And the, sometimes there's a little perfume sample in with it or um, one that I've seen had a little lingerie um little zip bag that you can put your lingerie and undies into and put it in the washing machine, a little wash bag. Yeah, so that they don't get all messed up yeah, with the other laundry. and Yeah, I know, especially when things. you wear thongs, then mm. they get like snagged into mm. and you like take out the <laughs> shirt and it's like rolled up. So that's quite a nice little thing. So it's always a surprise, it's always different. And the nice thing is, what I enjoy about it is, the things that come in those packages, it's not generally stuff that I would buy for myself. So when... You get it. You're like, okay, well, those are the best types of gifts, mm, aren't they? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it and see how Red reacts. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, moving on from what we spoke with Tracy about about loving yourself, here's an opportunity, ladies, to love yourself uh, once a month and make sure that you feel special and you feel sexy. And uh, lingerie letters is giving our listeners a 30 rand off their first month's uh, lingerie letter when they sign up for a monthly recurring knicker subscription. So if you, uh, if this is your deal, if this is up your alley, 
Um, please remember our discount code. Our discount code is LOVE, L-O-V-E, and it's um, available in this month of LOVE. So um, until the end of February, you can go to um, lingerieletters.ca.za forward slash subscribe and subscribe and uh, add, the discount, uh, add the discount code at checkout, L-O-V-E, um, before you check out. Uh, so and they have a monthly cutoff at 12 noon on the 15th of each month Um, so this gives uh, lingerie letters enough time to have all their um, panties and knickers designed and locally made in Cape Town um, for delivery between the 15th and the 25th of the following month okay so Guys, you whoever subscribes uh, to this in this month of love, you'll get your first lingerie letter in April and you'll have something to look forward to. So I would say uh, do yourself this favor and let it be your first step in uh, learning that you also deserve a lot of love and pleasure and deserve to feel super, super sexy. Um, so yeah, happy Valentine's Day, guys. We... We hope it's a positive one for you. It can be a, a huge downer, um, depending on your situation. Not all of us have husbands that aren't assholes or husbands, period. We do know that uh, we've made a lot of assumptions with this episode that um, we are targeting heterosexual females with husbands that aren't assholes. <laughs> uh, but we hope that there was a little bit of something for everybody in this. Also, uh, we are assuming that no dads are listening to this episode. So if dads are listening to this episode, hopefully you have gained some insight into how our female brains work. We're yeah. too much in our own heads. And if you can, by any means, bring yourself to not not be too emotional, but to, like try and put yourself in the lady's shoes. Um, maybe approach her a little bit different. If she is really tired, maybe say to her, honey, tonight I'm going to spoil you. Yeah, you just need to lay there. <laughs> you just lie there and <laughs> just relax and let me help you feel good. <laughs> and dads, for that matter too, don't forget our discount code at lingerieletters.co.za <laughs> and treat your lady. You should know her size. If not... Have a little sneak peek in her lingerie drawer. <laughs> um, guys, I really want to carry on this discussion, as with all of our discussions. Mm. So hit us up, DM us a voice note on Instagram. You can do that now. We are on at the Great Equalizer podcast. Or you can record a, a voice note or a message on your phone, and you can hit us up over email, thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com. And I think that is it for this week. So guys, until next time... Keep your mom game strong. funny story out of the many, many that I have. Um, you know that really annoying thing when your husband will hold the back of your head when you're giving him a blowjob? Mine did that. Then came and he held the back of my head so much that it came out of my nose and I choked.
that's just one of many. If you need any more, let me know. <laughs> oh, I forgot to add that story. Um, happened about three weeks ago. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.